Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. I've got three stories here, and this first one is a bit of a follow-up, which had to do with a previous episode where I was describing a... I even played audio from it, uh, but it was from a San Diego area school board where one of the uh, black American school board members was berating the rest of the school board members for being white supremacists and having white supremacist ideology as a result of wanting to go back to school. Again, I, I can't emphasize enough the danger of that level of stupidity and level of thinking. It really is just pretend and totally made up. And uh, I just it's just continuing to give the squeaky wheel the grease. But as it turns out in this case, fortunately, some people have their heads on straight and they've decided to start a petition to have this, per, uh, this person recalled. This person is not well. Again, I'm not going to replay the audio, but they were going around the horn in this uh, recorded board meeting and they were saying, look, we, we, we gave the parents a a survey, and at least 80% of them said that they wanted school to return. And then they said, well, I'm not doing that, and that's white supremacy, and blah, blah, blah. I, I haven't even got my second shot yet, and blah, blah, blah. So, again, the person is not well. But uh, their name is Chandra Bell Fontenot. I'm saying that right. And uh, they're quoted here in this College Fix article, and it says, Chandra Bell Fontenot has created a toxic and hostile environment on La Mesa Spring Valley School Board and has hurt our children. A petition for Reform California, a political action committee founded in 2003, said, quote, She has been served with the recall paperwork. Uh, Reform California's chairwoman, Carla DiMaio, told the College Fix via a phone interview on Monday. Belle Fontenot has seven days to respond to the petition's accusations delivered to her on Friday, March 19th. Quote, her response will be basically, don't sign the petitions. DeMaio said, proponents and opponents of recall measures each get 200 words to explain their position. DeMaio, a former San Diego councilman and GOP cong uh, congressional candidate, told The Fix, Belle Fontenot is the first person the group has targeted for recall under its school board recall initiative, which aims to give parents and concerned citizens a tool to hold school board members accountable, according to its website. Again, this is a wonderful thing. There's no doubt about it. The thing that people need to keep in mind, however, is that on school boards, in particular where is uh, issues are, are raised where the individual needs to be recalled or people want the person to be recalled, in many cases, it's the positive board member, the one who has their head on straight, not this Fontenot woman, but the other people who have their heads on straight and are actually advocating for morals and values and, and parental rights and, and things of that nature. It's those positive board members that will be petitioned against and be kicked off of school boards too. So again, the business of these petitions is really a double-edged sword, and it always has been. The sword falls one way, and it gets rid of somebody that they think is bad, and then the sword falls the other way, and it gets rid of somebody who's actually effective and actually good. So, you know, that continues to be the problem with these, with these petitions and these petition-driven movements and whatever. I mean, look, 
if you're sitting on a board and you're an elected official, elected official, and you're just blatantly calling the other board members racist, uh, it's got to be, it's got to be against some kind of a board rule somewhere. But um, at least a petition is working out in this case to get this person kicked off because again, this person is nuts. Now, given that fact, is that gonna? Is that going to squash or extinguish their uh, their beliefs that white supremacy is real? And I mean, she's only going to say, they're coming after me because I'm black. No, that's not why. They're coming after you because you're unprofessional. They're coming after you because of your own words and you accusing everybody of being a white supremacist. That's why they're coming after you. But again, the squeaky wheel gets the grease and you can't necessarily convince these individuals, regardless of who they are. I mean, if they're if they're just nuts, they're nuts. But you can't convince them that they're wrong or attempt to reason with them or change their mind. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see if this ends up working out one way or another, but I think time will tell. The second story, again, has to do with PBS. And it really is alarming. You know, Sesame Street is completely woke, and I think everybody knows that by now. PBS died an awfully long time ago. That shouldn't surprise anybody either. And now this comes from Breitbart, and it says, Sesame Street Studios debuts ABCs of racial literacy to teach kids about racism. Again, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. As long as you continue to talk about racism like it's a real thing and like it's a problem, well, then you're going to convince people it's a problem. It's, it's the same old brainwashing tactic. You say something often enough over the course of time, more and more people will start to believe it's an actual thing and that it's a real thing. I personally think that the biggest issue with Sesame Street is you have a 40-year-old monster in Elmo who's 40, 41 years old now and continues to talk the exact same way. I mean, I, you know, that seems like a bigger issue. It seems like a real, like a real problem there on the old street. You've got a monster that's 41 years old and apparently still talks like a child. So, I don't get it. But, all joking aside, uh, here, here's the Instagram post from the old street. And it says, coming together, quote, The work to dismantle racism begins by helping children understand what racism is and how it hurts people. Launching today are new ABCs of racial literacy, Resources are designed to help families celebrate their own unique identities and answer children's sometimes tough questions about race and racism. Sesame Workshop has always stood for diversity, inclusion, equity, and kindness. Our coming together commitment to racial justice will become woven into our new content for years to come. Here's the issue, too. Back in the 80s, when I was a little child, and we would watch Sesame Street... This nonsense never came up, which means, is racism now a new thing? Is it brand new? Because it wasn't something that was brought up back in the 80s. It wasn't mentioned on a day-in, day-out basis. Racial justice, quote-unquote, wasn't woven in, which means that racism must be brand new if it actually exists. But it doesn't exist. That's the thing. They're just pulling it out because it's a card that they want to play to further divide people. Not to mention, the racism, quote-unquote, or racial justice, I suppose, is only one-sided in their Sesame Street workshop episodes or whatever it is that they're peddling here. 
The individuals doing the teaching about racism are not only the stuffed animal characters themselves, but it's black stuffed animal characters. So, again, apparently, if racism is a real thing, according to these people, then it's one-sided. So, whites aren't discriminated against ever. Um, Native Americans aren't discriminated against ever. Asians aren't discriminated against ever. Apparently, it's just, it's just black Americans, at least according to Sesame Street. But then again... It's not real in the first place, so I don't even know what they're doing here. The audio that they play, too, on this YouTube video, where it shows two black stuffed animal characters, a father and a son, sitting on a park bench, and then leaves are falling in the fall time, and then out of nowhere comes Elmo. Again, this 41-year-old monster with four fingers on his hands who talks like a child. You, you, you would think everybody would be concerned about that, but that's, that's another story. Um, he basically starts picking up leaves and goes, oh, look, one, one looks like me and one looks like you. One is red like Elmo and one is brown like you. And then the father goes into this lecture about what melanin is and how melanin makes people, uh, you know, is the building block of our integumentary system, so to speak, and gives our, our, our skin its different pigment. Well, of course. Isn't that a science lesson? Why, does, why is that a lesson on racism? It just doesn't make any sense. They're, they're, they're actually grabbing at straws here on this subject and trying very hard to integrate um, this racism nonsense into whatever it is that they're trying to teach. It, it would be so much better served if they just got back to, to reading and literacy and correct pronunciation of words and letters. I mean, that's what they were good at. So just stick to that. Stick to the ABCs. Now, I understand, you know, it's very difficult for some of these programs to remain relevant. They stopped teaching the ABCs. They stopped teaching the one, twos, and threes. So what do they do? Well, they start to become social justice warriors. See, what does that sound like? It should sound like American schools. You see, instead of just American school teachers doing the thing they're supposed to do, they become bored with it, and then they start to say to themselves, well, I need to be a political activist. So the best way to do that is to not teach reading, writing, and arithmetic anymore. No, no, no. We have to expand our horizons and spread our wings, and we need to start introducing students to things that we think about and our opinions and takes on social issues and political issues and blah, blah, blah. This is where American schools went south and completely lost the plot. This is where Sesame Street went south and lost the plot. Sesame Street in the 80s was just fine. They were just fine. They didn't have to change anything, but then over the course of time, you know, it's just a little step in one direction, and then another step in that same direction, and then another step a decade later, and then another step five years later. And before you know it now, they're grabbing at straws trying to teach children and infants about racism and how racism is a real thing. It's not. It's not a real thing. It's a figment of people's imagination because the only people pushing it, as it turns out, are the real bigots. Those are the individuals that are pushing it like it's an actual problem. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. So again, this should be more proof, you would hope, that 
they don't care about your children. That the voices on TV don't care about your children. And if any school or school teacher is peddling this, they're not interested in your child. They're interested in just pushing their own ideologies on you as if they're real, when in fact, they're pretend. So, speaking of things that people think are pretend and isn't making its way to the national media, but does find its way to the interweb, which is fantastic, and some of these smaller websites, is this last story. This comes from Patch.com. Concord cancels schools due to bad reaction to COVID-19 vaccine. Well, wouldn't you know it? Concord, New Hampshire. The Concord School District abruptly canceled school on Monday after a flood of teachers and their other district staffers called in sick one day after many received the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine. Parents in the SAU-8 district received phone calls, emails, and text messages notifying them that there would be no school at just before 6.30 a.m., The alert stated that it was due to a level of teacher absenteeism across the district. The decision was made as principals began fielding calls from educators early in the morning that they were sick. School superintendent Kathleen Murphy said the closure was more than just teachers, though. Many staffers, including district office employees, also got shots Sunday and reported adverse reactions to them. It was related to vaccine shots, quote-unquote, she said on Monday's school closures. Quote, we received notice from a number of staff, teachers, education assistants, and district staff who were sick, so we were unable to open school in a safe manner. The next question, of course, is going to be how many of them end up dead. See, that's what they're not going to report. The mainstream media already isn't reporting on this. So what makes you think that they're going to report on school teachers that have died as a result of taking these vaccines, or other school administrators or school officials that have died as a result of lining up to take these vaccinations? Which, by the way, they're not vaccinations, because this COVID, whatever it is, the common cold, hasn't been isolated, which means what are you actually taking? You're not taking a vaccination, you're taking a test drug. You're pumping your veins full of a test drug. But see, this again is really indicative of the larger problem. School teachers don't read. School administrators tend to not read. These individuals tend to not read. They don't investigate. They're very habitual in almost everything that they do. They wake up, they turn on their television, they, they watch morning news channels on TV, they go to work, they turn on the radio, they listen to the voices on the radio tell them things. They go to school, they listen to the PA system and the administrators tell them things. I'm not saying that there aren't educators out there and administrators out there that don't investigate and don't know what they're doing and are actually teaching their their staff members, hey, look, this is dangerous. You can do whatever you want, but it's very, very dangerous. And they, I mean, I'm sure many of them have said, hey, look, my recommendation is to not get this shot. It's your body. Do whatever you want. You want to pump it full of poison? Be my guest. But... um the mainstream media is not going to cover it. They're just not going to. Uh, they're, they're not going to cover the teachers that are dropping like flies as a result of of pumping their uh, pumping their veins full of this poison. Now I don't know about anybody else, but it certainly seems like that right there in itself is a crime against humanity. Not talking about how these teachers are dropping like flies. I mean, you would think that one school district, just any other school district that would hear about this particular story would say to themselves, okay, wait a minute, 
we'd better not we'd better not do this. I mean, they're not liable for anything because when you take a vaccination, you sign a piece of paper that says, "Hey, look, if I die, my family can't sue anybody because I know that I'm taking this at my own risk and whatever else." If you're signing a paper like that and pumping your body, I mean, we're not talking about buying a car, or buying a house. When you sign all those papers and it says, hey, look, if you get in a car accident, it's not our fault. Hey, if your house burns down, it's not our fault. I mean, if, if you're, <laughs> you're signing a paper basically saying, if I die because I pumped this unknown thing into my body, then nobody can sue and that's just the way that it is. Why would you want to gamble like that? Why would a school teacher or anybody else want to gamble like that? And the fact is, is it's just a lack of knowledge. They don't know what they're doing, period. They don't know what they're doing because they don't read. They don't investigate. These are not skills that are taught primarily in teacher education programs. They're not brought up in this system to investigate and to ask questions and think and critically think and re-ask questions and connect dots. These are not things, I mean, across the board, regardless of the subject, even their own subject matter that they're responsible for teaching put vaccines aside for a minute, but I mean, even their own subject matter, they're not taught to do this, which means if they're not taught to do it in one area of their life, they're not going to do it and apply it in other areas of their life. But again, many teachers do, they actually do this, which is fantastic. They do investigate and they're saying, no way am I ever going to take this. I don't trust these people. I don't trust strangers on television. So why would I do it in the first place? And good for them. Those are the individuals that have actually figured it out. So it'll be interesting to see how many more uh, teachers bite the dust as a result of taking these vaccinations. But I think it's going to get worse. I don't think it's going to get better. Now, speaking of getting worse, there's two stories over here at nomassforkids.com that I'm going to read, and it looks like it's coming from the same person. And they're replying uh, or responding to a situation here with both of their children. The first one uh, is titled Mandatory Mass or Child Abuse. But again, as I've said in the past, keep in mind as to who exactly is doing the abusing. Yes, it's the teachers and the administrators who are forcing these mandates on people. Of course. We know, we know that they're the child abusers here. But the parent who is sending them into this environment where they're being abused, you're the abuser as well. So here it comes. And again, I know that that's harsh and I know that that sounds bad. But the fact is is that when they're coming home with serious problems, serious medical problems, and you're continuously engaging in the habit that's perpetuating those medical problems, who's really to blame? So it says, quote, My grade 5 has complained of having a difficult time breathing while wearing the mask at school. She has a rash from ear to ear, from her nose down, caused by the mask along with dark circles under her eyes. She doesn't want to wear it, but constantly is warned or reprimand, reprimanded if she lowers it off her face. And then the next post, I believe, is from the same person because it kind of uh, it's certainly from the same area. But it's titled the exact same, and it says, My grade 5 has complained of having a difficult time breathing while wearing the mask at school. My grade 2 is mask-exempt mask and has faced bullying, condemnation, and discrimination from students and teachers during school. She has been told repeatedly by a teacher that if one child gets sick, all the kids have to get tested, instilling a tremendous amount of fear, anxiety, and misdirected responsibility onto her shoulders. My child begged me to buy masks 
so she can cover her mouth so everyone would leave her alone. I want you to sit, I just want you to, to sit with that for a second. Because that last post is, again, a perfect snapshot of why this is purposefully being done to our society. You now have teachers and administrators scolding second graders as to why they're not wearing a mask and then screaming at them to wear a mask when they don't have to, while everybody else is walking around a school looking like a faceless zombie. You have fifth graders being bullied and exempted from activities and discriminated against and yelled at and disciplined because a mask slips below their nose. And now you have minors going back home telling their parents, hey, please get me a mask that stays further over my face so I don't get yelled at. Please, mom or dad, buy me masks even though I'm mask exempt because I don't want to be yelled at anymore for not wearing a mask. It's upside down. It is purposeful deception. It's purposeful division. It's child abuse. All of this is child abuse. We're talking about crimes against humanity through every major school system in America as a result of this. I've said it once. I've said, I've said it a million times. If this were done back in January of 2020, all of those employees in that school district would have been fired. They would have been psychologically evaluated, they would have been arrested, and they would have been fired. But these abuses continue to take place under the false guise of there being some kind of a health issue. The only health issue exists within the ear, between the ears of the individuals that are actually accepting this. They are the problem. Stand your ground. Pull your children out of these abusive environments, take the masks off, clean up the rashes, and tell them what's really going on in society regarding all of this. Tell them the truth, because the truth will in fact set them free. It will save their life if you tell them that this is child abuse, and that the people going along with this are child abusers. If you tell them th th that truth, that stone-cold truth... You will be raising a vigilant, vigilant human being. And America needs more vigilant human beings. And we need more knowledgeable human beings, not people that are just going to toe the line and do what their masters would have them do, even when it comes at the, at the risk of their own well-being and their own health. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.